What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Monday episode of Flippin' Bats. And as always on Monday, we got Team of the Week. We got Player of the Week. We got a brand new top 10 Major League Baseball power rankings. And today, we also have a lot of good conversations about the most underrated players in the game of baseball. Who is the American League Rookie of the Year? How many NL East teams will make it into the playoffs? Will it just be the division winner? Will there be one extra? Will there be two? Will there be three? That's a good conversation as well. And it's back Mondays with mom. In case you didn't see any baseball last week or this play specifically, I saw one of the most ridiculous ejections in the history of baseball with an umpire that couldn't get out of his own way in the Cubs and Cardinals game that cost the game for the Cardinals. I'm going to break that all down on the stage as well. This one's going to be a blast. Let's get to it. What a game, what a moment. Happy Monday, my friends. I hope everybody had a great weekend. I'm joined as always by Alex Curry. And Alex, your weekend? How was it? I know on Friday we talked Oppenheimer, we talked Barbie. Did you experience any of those? No, I watched uh, USA win their first match because that was the same night that I think both of them, right. That it was all happening. It was all happening that night on Friday. Um, yeah. And then I just, I had a a fairly mellow weekend with dogs. Back to back mellow weekend. I'm the crazy dog house right now. I have four dogs staying at my house, went to a dog birthday party, um, went to a fundraiser. Yeah. Wow. So it's so nice. You golf, right? I did golf on, I golfed one day, but I also, what? I I partied with Real Madrid. What? Yeah. Wait. What? <laughs> explain. Please so, explain this. I'm not exactly sure why they're in town, but Real Madrid is is here. Oh, okay. I, and I didn't know why at the time, but then I looked it up afterwards and I saw they were practicing at UCLA, so they're clearly here for something. Yeah. But one of my good friends is in town and we went out in like West Hollywood, Beverly Hills area. Oh, look at you having a night. And like a lot of the guys from Real Madrid were there. Where'd you go? Uh, Soho? What's, oh, Soho House? Yeah. No, someplace called Off Sunset. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, but they were they were there, so. Ben up in the club. Look at you. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, look who's having the weekends around I here now, it. Alex. Good for <laughs> you. I needed a break, man. I was like two to three months straight of crazy travel weekends. So you take the reins now. You know who had a great weekend? Who? Fred McGriff. Yep. Scott Rowland. Oof, Hall, Hall of Famers. Famers. Congratulations, Congratulations to them on Sunday. Uh, they were officially inducted. Their ceremony was then. And uh, congratulations to both of them. Truly, you know, that's the goal. That's I mean, like that's the, why you play the game. Like you, that's yeah. the dream when you're a kid. Like, okay, I want to be a major league baseball player. And then once you're there, it's like, I want to have a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. I want to be, what do they call it? where you're like legacy lives there immortalized, right? Yeah. yeah. With your, with your name in your face and the Crime whole thing. dog, Fred McGriff got in. Good for them. Congratulations to both of them. That happened on Sunday, which Smoltz, by the way, on Saturday yeah. was super upset because he just got surgery as he told all of us, but 
it was the only time he could get the surgery and he almost didn't go through with it because he was so upset that he was going to miss Fred McGriff's Aww. induction and he wasn't able to be there. So eh. yeah, you got to get the surgery though. Had that's to, something you need. Yep. Yeah. We are also just little over a week away from the trade deadline here. So we have been on Shohei Otani watch. We, we don't know if the angels will trade him. We keep going back and forth. If they should, if they shouldn't How that now they're playing well, are they going to? So we're going to create the Otani trade meter mm, Okay. I like that. Where are you right now on the Otani trade meter Well, first off, I think we need to establish the parameters of the trade meter Okay, please. You know, Let's what go. I would do yeah. is I would go like green is like he's, he's staying put. Red is like, it's all, you gotta, he's gotta trade. You gotta trade him. That's how I would go. You look at me, you're looking at me like you would reverse I'm like, it. Green is go. He's going. Red, he's staying. Stop. Not trading. That's where my mind goes. <sighs> It's your deal, man. I don't know. What do you want to do? Know. Okay. Green is yeah. going to be like green. He's staying. He's good to go. Yep. Staying. Okay. Red is for the angels. It's red. You got to trade them. Things are bad. Okay. Red, bad. All right. Uh, I would say I'm somewhere in the, the dark yellow currently. I'm not in orange. I was in orange. Okay. I was in orange and then they sweep the Yankees and I came back a little bit. Okay. However, Alex, at the all-star break, Let's step back a week plus. At the All-Star break, they had lost five in a row yeah. heading into the All-Star break. It was a nightmare. It was our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> they were five games back of a wild card spot. Yeah. Now fast forward to July 24th. And what's they sweep the Yankees? Mm -hmm. Yes. They've gone six and four in their last 10. Their record has gotten above 500. They're now in third place. They're eight games back in the AL West. But there's still four games back in the wild card spot. So despite all of this, despite them playing good baseball, they've gained one game in the AL wild card race where that wild card race is so jumbled yeah, it is. with so many good teams that I'm still pretty apprehensive about the Angels saying, like, ah, we should, we're a playoff team. We're gonna do great, and we're keeping Shohei. I'm I'm in the dark yellow currently on my trade meter of they. They should do it. <sighs> Will they is a totally different conversation. But I'm, they, there's only two teams ahead of them, New York and Boston, in the American League wild card to get into a wild card spot. Knowing kind of how Artie works and what we've seen, just oh, yeah. what he does, I. <laughs> This is so you're saying there's a chance. Oh, I, I'm and if with there's you a there. chance, like you gotta try to go for it with the best player in the game of baseball. So I'm, I'm with you there. I, I yeah. don't I don't think it's gonna happen. But um Artie Moreno and, and everything will be found out within the next week. If Ooh. they go on a tough stretch and I end up putting them in the, the dark, dark red, we'll check in each they day. should trade them. Alex, tomorrow for our bonus yep. episode of this week in Shohei Otani News, our MLB uh our MLB on Fox writers all put together. 12 hypothetical trade situations of what certain teams would have to give up, uh, who would trade for them. There was a bunch of it. That's what we're going to talk about Tuesday in the bonus like episode that. is go through all the trades, say whether I think it could happen, whether it will happen, won't happen. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be a fun one. All right. Well, let's get to overreaction Monday because it's Monday and we're ready to overreact. I'm going to give you a couple statements. You tell me if it's an overreaction or not, and we'll go from there. Okay. Our first overreaction. Only one 
NL East team will make the playoffs. Ooh. <sighs> okay. So the, the possibility, and I'm for the sake of discussion here, okay. let's assume the Braves are winning yes. the NL East. So this question is saying the, the, the Braves will be the only one. Yes. Okay. No wildcard teams. Um, I'm going to say that's an overreaction. Okay. In fact, I'm going to say three. What? Get in. Yeah. Now that leaves, that leaves a lot open to that. That leaves a lot open. Currently we have the Braves at the top. The Phillies have gone on a, on quite the tough stretch. They had lost, lost four in a row entering Sunday, but they went on Sunday. The Marlins hadn't won a game since the all-star break until Sunday. They finally win there and the Mets are still doing what the Mets do. And that's not win more games than they lose. So the current wild card standings. Yes. At the All-Star break, the Marlins were 53 and 39, leading the NL wildcard race. Like the top of the three teams that could possibly get in. Yeah. Well, entering Sunday, they're 53 and 47. Now 54 and 47. And out of a wild card spot altogether. They're now tied with Philly. Half a game out. out. Yes. Yeah. Philadelphia also lost four in a row entering Sunday. They went on Sunday. Now they are on the outside looking in as well. When they at one point held a wild card spot as well. The thing with the NL wild card picture is nobody wants a wild card spot besides the Cincinnati Reds. Everybody else is playing awful. The D-backs lost four in a row. The Giants have lost five in a row. The Phillies four in a row entering Sunday. The Marlins eight in a row entering Sunday. The, The Reds are currently on a winning streak. They appear to be the only team that wants to get in. So let's discuss why I will say I think three can get in. Whoa. Look at the team's. In the NL wildcard race, they're all mumbled jumbled right there together now because of the losing streaks of the D-backs, Giants, and Marlins, and and Phillies. There's really eight teams within seven and a half games of each other, from the tip top to the out. out. You have the the D-backs, you have the Giants, you have the Reds, you have the Marlins, Phillies, Cubs, Padres, Mets. Okay. So... Am I at any point in this advocating right now that the Mets are a good baseball team? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) However, they're not that far out of it. Phillies and Marlins, certainly right there on the cusp of things. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the teams above them, you have D-backs, Giants, Reds. I don't think any, like, do any of those teams stick out to anybody as a juggernaut of the league that's going to hold on to one of those spots for, for the rest of the season? No. I think there's plenty of room and possibility that Marlins, Phillies, or Mets sneak in. And I will say that two of the three of them end up getting in the playoffs. Hot take. That is a hot take. Two of the three. I don't know, man. I don't know. Either, I don't know. I, yeah. y- you know, like, so yeah, you're telling me I was an overreaction. That's it's a hot take. It is a hot take. I'm not saying it's a, it's a dumb question by any means no. because it's not. Because as of right now, the answer would be one get in. And yeah. then you, and then the two closest are playing awful. And then the Mets are far away and they're just play, far away and they're playing 500 baseball right now. I yeah. think I mean, the Mets and the Padres are like basically the same. Yeah, the Mets and Padres are the same <laughs> they're team. They're the same team. They are the same High team. High expectations, year. really low performances this year. And they are neck and neck in the wild card. Six and seven and a half games 
out I, of a wild card spot. I could see a world in which they get back in it just because Both of them at the end. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But that's also a hot take. They've had the advantage uh-huh. of the D backs, giants, Marlins, Phillies, all just shitting the bed. Yeah. Well, also going on a hot streak and then just falling off a little yeah. bit. So they're, they're still, I'll say three. Okay. I'll say three. That's fair. Let's all move right. on to our next overreaction. Kyle Tucker continues to be an underrated player. Absolutely. Kyle Tucker on, what was it? Friday night? Was it Friday? Three homers mm-hmm. in the game, which is Kyle Tucker, since he's come in the league, I, I feel like exactly like you said, continues to be an underrated player in this game. Gold glove caliber outfielder plays great, has a rocket for an arm out there, hits for high power, can hit for average, and is a huge part of that World Series winning team. Last year, uh, he makes the lineup so deep when you're talking about a lineup that has Altuve, Jordan, Bregman all towards the top. You you can just plug Kyle Tucker in the five or six hole as a guy that would hit third or fourth in any other lineup in baseball. So I'll do you one better. Kyle Tucker is the most underrated player Whoa. in all of Major League Baseball. Do you have like a top five most underrated players? I do have a top five. Give me him. I'm glad you asked. Okay. Uh, my top five most underrated players in baseball. Number five, Mickey Moniak. It's time we have a real discussion about Mickey Moniak. Let's have it. Okay. He's hitting 330 this year. Okay, with an OPS of a thousand, and he's protecting Shohei in the lineup. He's he's now been plugged in by Phil Nevin as Shohei's protection in the lineup. And if you were watching the other day when they played the Yankees, Aaron Boone said that he did not walk Shohei Otani because Mickey Moniak was batting behind him, and he's been really hot. This guy didn't just come out of nowhere. Former first round, first overall pick in the draft in 2016. 1-1 in the draft in 2016. Obviously a lot of talent. He's still only 25 years old. In 2022, he tore the cover off the ball in the minors. He's gotten some big league time, but you know, n- never really a consistent opportunity and then has dealt with some freak injuries, fractured hand, fractured finger. Now he gets traded and he's hitting 330 in the big leagues with an OPS of 1,000 and protecting Shohei in the lineup for the Angels. This guy just hadn't gotten the the real chance that he needed in the big leagues. And yes, he was drafted in 2016 as the first overall pick. But Mickey Moniak is here and it's not a fluke. I think this is the, I, I think he's one of the most underrated players in baseball. Number four. Number four is Christian Walker for the Arizona mm. Diamondbacks. Uh, I think this guy has been underrated for years and years at this point. Last year, he was fourth in war amongst first basemen behind only Freddie Freeman Matt Olson and MVP winner, Paul Goldschmidt. Oh, wow. He was fourth behind those guys. He had 36 homers last year. Since the beginning of last season, he's third best war behind only Freddie and Goldie. So since the beginning of 2022, it's Freddie Freeman, Paul Goldschmidt, Christian Walker in terms of war, best first baseman in baseball. And then we can go on. I said for years, I think this since 2019, he's a top five first baseman in the game of baseball. Christian Walker, underrated. Number three. Number three, Ozzie Albies, Atlanta Braves. Mm. Ozzie is an interesting one for me because injuries kind of derailed his 
meteoric rise in in the baseball world. And I think he gets overshadowed a little bit in terms of the game's second baseman and in terms of being on the Atlanta Braves. He's got 23 homers this year already. As a second baseman, he's got a, a this unique combination for that position of power and speed, and he switch hits. He's a three-time all-star. He's a two-time silver slugger. And in 2020, he got injured during that 2020 season. In 2021, he came back. He hit 30 home runs, 40 doubles, over 100 RBIs. He was an all-star and finished top 15 in the MVP voting. First full season in 2018, all-star. 2019, led the league in hits. And now he comes back from his injury and he's having another great year. 23 home runs at the before the end of July. And I just don't feel like Ozzie Albies gets the love and the respect he deserves as an elite second baseman in the game of baseball. Number two. Number two, Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Guardians. This guy, if he... This one... I think is the case because he's in Cleveland and this is no knock to them. It's just not a big market. But since the beginning of 2016, 2016, Jose Ramirez leads all third basemen in war. Leads Nolan Arenado, leads Manny Machado, leads Alex Bregman, all really big names that probably get more love than Jose Ramirez does. But he leads all of those guys, and he's finished top five in MVP voting four times in that span. He's a switch hitter with a lot of power that can steal you and will steal you 20 to 30 bases every year. Listen to this. His last five seasons, his last five full seasons, Mm -hmm. his home run totals, 29, 36, 23, 39, and 29. He's been the best third baseman in baseball for a half a decade. And he's just not talked about enough. But he's an he's a five-time All-Star. He was just at the All-Star game. So you still consider him underrated, even though he got the recognition Absolutely. and was say, an All-Star? I would say Shohei Otani's still underrated in the public eye. I would say Bryce Harper's underrated okay. in the public eye. Okay. but And they've both won MVP awards. It's all, all right. you know, like some on this play. Mickey Moniak, new yeah. in the league. Jose Ramirez, obviously known All-Star yeah. in MVP conversations. I just don't think when when you have the conversation of, Who's who's the best third baseman in the game of baseball over the last five years? If you ask a hundred baseball fans, I bet you somewhere in the somewhere around ninety people would answer either Nolan Arenado or Manny Machado. Yeah, definitely. And Jose Ramirez might get Household ten people name, to him. Basically, exactly. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Underrated. And then number one, Kyle Tucker. Number one is Kyle Tucker, who is criminally underrated in the game of baseball. Since 2021, listen to this. The top outfielders in all of baseball. Here's the top 10. We'll start at number 10. Adolis Garcia, Cedric Mullins, Mike Trout, Brandon Nimmo, also underrated, Ronald Acuna Jr., Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, Juan Soto, Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge. Ooh. He's only what trailed. What number was he? He was number four, four behind only Aaron Judge, Mookie Betts, Juan Soto. Yeah. I mean, those are That's the fair. superstars of the game. And he's right there with them. And he's in the top five of the list in, in outfield since 2021. He hits three homers the other night. And, you know, I... 
it sparked this conversation. Yeah. I mean, he's the most underrated player in the game right now. His outfield is really good. He's underrated in terms of his outfield defense. He's underrated in terms of what he brings to the Astros offense. He's the most underrated player in the game of baseball. Absolutely. Kyle Tucker's number one. I love your love for Kyle Tucker. I that love was, Kyle Tucker. I know that was passionate. You could tell. Great dude. I know. Terrible fantasy football <laughs> trader, but really good dude. <laughs> He tried to trade me Alvin Kamara for Christian oh, okay, McCaffrey so last year. you played together. You're in a fantasy league with him. You have to explain this. Yeah. Yes. Okay. There last year, it was a, he tried to give me Alvin Kamara oh, for Christian heat. McCaffrey. Yeah, no. Un- unbelievable. Uh-uh. All right. So that was not an overreaction. Let's move on to our final overreaction Monday statement. Masataki Yoshida will win. AL Rookie of the Year. Yeah, it feels like we aren't talking about Masataki Yoshida enough. He entered Sunday hitting 319 on the season. And it's, I, I said Kyle Tucker's criminally underrated. It's criminal that Masataki Yoshida was not at the All-Star game this year. The guy's an All-Star. American League batting average leaders. Masataki Yoshida is at the top of that list. Wow. Rookie. Masataki Yoshida, ahead of Yandy Diaz and Josh Naylor, batting 319 entering Sunday. Ranks first amongst all American League rookies in all of these categories. Batting average, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, hit, doubles, triples, strikeouts, homers. He's third. So Josh Young is currently the favorite to win the MV, or the, the Rookie of the Year award. Mm-hmm. And he was a starter in the All-Star game. Yeah. And I believe that was deserved. Josh Young's hitting 273 on the year, 19 homers. Masataki Yoshida has 11 homers while hitting almost 50 points higher than him. How's he not the favorite? Masataki Yoshida should be the favorite and should win, as of right now, the American League Rookie of the Year award. He had some good passion in this overreaction Monday. Yeah. This is good. That was, those were, those were, those, those were some passionate ones. They were. Now let's move to. Ooh. Yeah. New segment. Another, well, well it's, a new segment. A new not segment. New we week. started it last Monday. Mondays with moms. So if you don't know, and you're new to this, Ben's mom, Mama Verlander likes to send hilarious text messages, either about life, about baseball, about the show, to Ben and we used to laugh about them and now you at home get to enjoy yep. them as well. So it what got do we to got the this point, week? We just had to, to bring them to the show. What do we and have this for week? this one, uh, it comes after my mom listened to the Cal Ripken Jr. interview. Okay. And, you know, she first says, love the Cal interview and then follows up with, but I have to ask, why didn't you ask Cal Ripken Jr. about his mom being abducted? And I said, what, what? mom? <laughs> I had no idea, but it really did happen. Whoa. Cal Ripken Jr.'s mom was abducted for like 24 hours and they found her. She was safe. I had no idea. And By my who? mom just brought did this up history? like it was common knowledge. Like, hey, Ben, good episode. But why didn't you ask about this? I was like, what are you talking Whoa. about? Crazy. I mean, scary. Think about it. Like mom of a baseball player. So that's, that's why probably she why she's connected to it. Like I have a famous son said, who's a baseball why, player. Like, why. do I have to worry about getting him? I said, mom, you want me to have a hall of famer? Yeah. One of the greatest of all time on the show. 
and ask him about a terrible memory of his life. <laughs> and she's like, well, I worry myself. Yeah. Like, yeah. She, you know, I he's famous and, and his mom and, and yep. you know, with Justin. Yeah. It's a, it's a legitimate fear. But did you know that? No, no, idea. neither did I, I had no idea. And I looked into it. It wasn't long and thankfully everything ended up okay. Yeah. And apparently the guy from all accounts didn't know who she was. It, oh. which, it was craziness. Just random. Yeah. Oh, bummer. But you never know the text you're going to get from mom. No. You, you just have no idea. <laughs> oh, I love this so much. Yeah, this is a great segment. Mondays with, with mom. mom. Uh, we have a new, uh, uh, we have a new thing we need to talk about today, Alex. Okay. Let's head on up to the stage. Today, what we're going to talk about is a moment in the Cubs-Cardinals game over the last few days. It was a few days ago where Alec Burleson was ejected from the game by the umpire after the most ridiculous couple of calls that I have seen in a long, long time. And to do this, yeah. we're obviously up on the stage now. Alex. Yeah, on we're our LED floor. On the LED floor where we're going to put we're going to put a home plate. Down okay. here in the floor. Wow, look at that. It appears. It's great. Beautiful new Magic. set. So, this situation, just to set the scene and why I'm going to get very, very passionate about this. Okay? And I you had, don't want to be hit. You had the Cubs. I'm not swinging. Okay, okay, okay. You have the Cubs who are okay. in a wild card hunt. Yep. You have the Cardinals who were on a winning streak at the time. Yep. You have uh, one of the... Biggest rivalries in baseball, Cubs, Cardinals. Yep. And what you have late in the game was Alec Burleson coming up in a 4-3 ball game down one run with one out. Bases were loaded. Turning point of the game. Huge spot of the game is when he comes up to the plate. Okay? So, he's hitting. Now, he was hitting left-handed for this, but I'm not left-handed, and I can't even use a fork with my left hand. So, I'm going to stand in the right-handed <laughs> batter's box where I always do. Okay? Bases loaded, mm -hmm. one out, down one run. He gets himself into a 3-0 count. Three balls, no strikes, bases loaded, sitting pretty. So he's here, and he gets a pitch on the outside corner that was called a strike, but it was definitely a ball. But this was out in here. It was a good three inches okay. off, yep. <laughs> off the plate, okay? It was a ball, Yeah. but it was called a strike, okay. so it's a 3-1 count. He steps back over to his side of the box, looks at the umpire and says, clearly frustrated, is that the corner? Which is what you do. When you think a ball is on the corner or off, you yeah. say, is that as far as you'll go? Yeah. So he did that, and the umpire, Ron Culpa, said, yes, that is the corner. So he gets back in the box, 3-1 count. A ball double off the plate. Double the length that first ball was off the plate. It's in the other batter's box. 3-1 count. Strike. Calls that a strike. So now he's pissed. Yeah. He's furious. Rightfully so. RBI taken away from him. I mean, it was egregious. I was watching yeah. this game. The first one, I was like, that ain't a strike. The second one, I was like, there's, there's an ego. He got pissed off yeah. that Alec Burleson said something to him. Absolutely. That's exactly what happened. Ron Culpa, his ego got involved, called a strike on him when it was not a strike. So it's now a 3-2 count. Okay? So now, full count, bases loaded, one out, one run ball game a pitch even further than that 3-2 one. He swings at it because God knows you had to swing at it or that's going to be a strike as well. He swings at it, grounds into a double play, gets down to first base, touches the base, he's out, turns back to the home plate umpire, Ron Culpa, and lets him have it. Rightfully so. Uh -huh. Culpa throws him out of the game, 
See you later. <laughs> You're out of here. And next thing you know, the game ends. Cubs end up winning that game by a run. All because of that play and how mm-hmm. that happened. But I, we need to, to have a discussion here. Okay. And this is something that always pissed me off forever. I've been in the box a million times in my life. And here's what happens. There's a pitch. Okay. There's a ball. If there's a ball a couple inches off the plate, I understand. But it gets called a strike. Okay. Yeah. The biggest thing I hate is being told, Ben, that was a good pitch. Guess what? I don't care if it's a good pitch. There's a strike zone right here. Okay. There's a strike zone. This is a strike. This is a strike. This is a ball. Okay. You call this one a ball. That's fine. It's a mistake. Okay. You messed up. But the batter asks you if that's a stri- if that's the corner, and you say yes. But you clearly got pissed off at the batter for having that reaction. So then the next one's out here, and you go and ruin the game and change the game and potentially change the course of the playoff race because you got an ego involved and wanted to call that a strike. There's no room for that in baseball. It's ridiculous. I was watching this game pissed off, and I'm not even a fan of any of the one team. It ruined the game. It ruined the moment. It took it all out of it, and it ended up costing them the game. Mm-hmm. He ends up walking. Then who knows what happens? It's a tie game with the bases loaded and one out. But Ron Culpa, who's known for this, by the way, he got an ego involved recently when a, when a player yelled at him or a manager yelled at him from the dugout, and Ron Culpa takes off his mask and says, I can do whatever I want while pounding his chest. It's ridiculous. That's bad. Those pitches were ridiculous. His, I don't, I don't want to keep attacking him here, but you, you can't let that get involved in the game. You can't, let, you can't let a moment get in your way of doing your job behind the plate. And I just felt like in that game, that 3-0 pitch, mm-hmm. fine. You missed the call, but that 3-1 pitch, that was at no point even close to a strike. If I'm standing back here and that pitch comes out here, it ain't even close. No. He knew that wasn't a strike, yet he still called it. And then he rounds into that double play, rightfully so. Alec Burleson's pissed off, turns around and says something, and he immediately tosses him out of the ballgame. Just a ridiculous situation, something I am clearly very passionate about. Oh, yeah. And I just get, I just get frustrated because there's a plate here, Alex. Yep. There is a plate right here and right here, and you know the corners. And anything off of it, they're balls. They're balls. This was my tweet about it. Brutal. With the bases loaded, one out, down one run. Pitch four was called a strike. In a 3-1 count, it was a ball. A frustrated Burleson asked the ump if that was the corner. He was told yes. And then the next pitch was further off, called a strike as well. Yeah, it's, the other, it's on the other side of the batter's box. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The whole situation. Well, it just pissed me as off. you know, he can do whatever he wants. I can do whatever <laughs> I, I want. Yes. No, he can't. There's a plate right here. It has corners. Uh, if it's off the corner, that's it's a bad. ball. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I got. <sighs> Big breath. That was good. Yeah, thank that you. That was great. Wow. All right, let's switch spots. All right. You do like the left side. I do. Whenever we're on the road, well, Alex, Alex I takes freak the out. Left I side. don't know what to do. <laughs> this is the side I always did interviews from. This is the side that I always like hosted from and talked from. It's where I sit over here. It's where we do it on the road. I'm like out of place. I'm in like a foreign country when I'm on the other side. If you um if you're just listening to that entire <laughs> breakdown. It was uh, the the floor change. Like watch you should it. watch the. We'll put yeah. it all out on socials, and it might have been hard to keep up with if you're just listening. But probably not. You can. But that's okay. You now, can hear passion. You, you know? can hear passion, and now you get to go back, listen to it, and watch it yeah. again. Because yeah. we'll yeah we'll have it out on all of the socials. All right. Well, it is time for team of the week, Ben. Team of the week. 
as everyone should know at this point, position by position, picking the best player from the week that was at each spot on the field. And that's Sunday through Saturday, those seven days. So this, this yesterday? Doesn't count. Sunday? Doesn't count. For this. Well, week. it doesn't count for this yes. team of the week. It'll count for next. Sunday through Saturday. Yes. We'll start at the catcher position. My catcher on this week's team of the week is Kiebert Ruiz of the Washington Nationals. 500. Yeah. Pretty good. Woo. Almost half last time I checked. 500 uh -huh. on the week with two homers, six RBIs, and an OPS over 1,500. Whew. Let's move to first base. Also having an insane week, Freddie Freeman. An insane week, an insane season, really. Everything. Freddie Freeman is my first baseman this week for hitting also yep. 500 on the week with three homers, seven RBIs, and an OPS of just about 1,700. Three homers on the week. I watched a lot of them. The guy was locked in down there in Texas in that series against the Rangers. So a lot of those players were locked in in that oh, series. Yeah. But Freddie was 500. Pretty impressive. Moving to second base, Eddie Julian. Edward Julian, I love this guy. And I have loved him since the World Baseball Classic when I thought he just showed all of his tools and showed that he was going to be a very big, very good big leaguer. And mm -hmm. he comes up and in his, I think it was his first game for the Twins, hits a homer. And now this week, Again, 500 on the week. This is crazy. This is a Three great guys week. This, this this really, is a great I put week. this team together. Yeah. This week was nuts. 500 for Edward Julian, two homers, two RBIs, and an OPS of 1,300. All right, moving over to third base, Austin Riley. <laughs> what a week. Austin Riley, I think he homered in every single game this week. 417 average, six homers, 16 RBIs, and an OPS of 1,700. Impressive. Yeah. Shortstop, Matt McLean. Matt McLean of the Cincinnati Reds. You know, I was thinking about something this week. I'll tell you his stats. 409, three homers, six RBIs, and an OPS over 1,300. I was thinking of something. Okay. If Matt McLean came up this year on the New York Yankees yeah. and took over their shortstop spot and put up the numbers he's putting up this year at shortstop, I think he should have been an all-star, but he wasn't. Put up the numbers this week that he put up this week. Can you imagine the hype? Well, Little this is Jeter, what... he's here. The future is here. He's a superstar. He's already the best shortstop in baseball. But because it's Matt McLean and because it's the Cincinnati Reds, he's not getting the love he deserves. And he should have been an all-star. And if he were on another team besides the Reds, he would have been an all-star. <laughs> and it's bullshit that he wasn't an all-star. The Reds are the real deal, and so is Matt McClain. So maybe he would have been like six on your most underrated players right now? Yes. Yeah, because we did that list earlier in the yeah, show. Yeah, but that gets tricky because, yes, absolutely. Okay. Yes. All right, that's fair. Let's move to the outfield. Now remember, these are just three outfielders, not necessarily which position in the outfield they play. Let's get started with Chaz McCormick. Yes, first up out here, Chaz McCormick of the Houston Astros, who hit 400 with three home runs, six RBIs, and an OPS of 1370 on the week. Chaz McCormick, not where you'd expect all the Astros' offense to come from. No. But this past week, a lot of their offense came from him. Speaking of a lot of offense, next up, Cody Bellinger. Is Belly back? Belly's back. I think Belly might Belly's be back. back. He needed, like, a reset, and this was his reset. 429 on the week. 
One homer, six RBIs, and OPS over 1,000. But it's not just this week. Yeah. Since it's been a month of him just going off, hitting over 400. Hey, Billy's back. Yeah. Hey, he's, well, he's back on my team of the week. That's for sure. He's someone to keep an eye on this next week. Yeah. Coming up to the trade yes, deadline. Yes, he is probably, if available. Yeah. Because the Cubs are still in that, like, are we are going we, to? Are we not? Are we going to try and, to go for it? And are we also, sell? in that conversation range of, so should we just re-sign him for the future? They true. have a couple of different directions That's they true. can go. But if available, he's the biggest bat on the market. And to wrap up the outfield, your boy, Kyle Tucker. The most <laughs> underrated player in the game of baseball, Kyle Tucker, hit 458 on the week with four homers, three in the one night, eight RBIs, and an OPS over 1,600. He rounds out the outfield. Now designated hitter, Yasmani Grandal. Designated hitter is Yasmani Grandal, who has been struggling. Honestly, it's been a while for Yasmani Grandal, mm -hmm. who kind of just fell off offensively in his career, but hopefully he's starting to turn it around. Yeah. Hopefully he is beginning to turn it around. 352 homers, eight RBIs, and an OPS over 1,100. The White Sox need it. Yeah. We know we, they need to find offense from somewhere other than they Luis do. Robert. And uh, yeah, Yasmani Grandal had a good week. All right, starting pitcher, Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns, great week. Started on the mound, went 1-0, 10 strikeouts, eight innings pitched, a .077 batting average against and not a single earned run given up. I'm going to be honest. Yep. Corbin Burns, Cy Young winner Corbin Burns, was having a bit of a struggle to his year. Last year was a good, not elite pitcher. The beginning of this year, same sort of thing. Turning around a little bit and back to being the Corbin Burns that uh, we became accustomed to in his Cy Young year. And your relief pitcher, Yohan Duran. What? A stud. If you have never watched him pitch, heat. Nasty he throws 103. Heat. He throws a splitter that's almost 100 miles an hour as well, a good slider. And I remember the first guest that I had on Flippin' Bats last year, first yeah. guest of the season, was Carlos Correa. Yeah. And out of nowhere, towards the end of the interview, I didn't really ask him this question. He just said, Hey, I just want to say, Anybody that doesn't know the name Yohan Duran, learn it. He's going to That's be the cool. real deal. That's great. He's like, he throws That's really good. hard. He's nasty. And now he's, now he's in that closer role for the Twins, throwing 103 miles an hour. Uh, three saves on the week, five strikeouts in three innings, and zero runs, zero walks, and a zero, zero, zero ERA. Ooh. Pretty good if you like perfect. That's uh, pretty, pretty good. Now, okay. Got your team of the week. Who is your player of the week? My player of the week is Austin Riley. Led everybody this week in homers. Led everybody this week in RBIs. Uh -huh. He hit a homer every single day. I mean, when Austin Riley gets hot, yeah. I, you'll struggle to find a better hitter in the game. Now, obviously, it can become about consistency for Austin Riley, and he mm -hmm. can go through some ups and go through some downs. And the best players, the best of the best, are able to minimize the downs and stay more on this side. Yeah. Well, Austin Riley currently is here. 
and it, there's no signs of slowing down. He's He was absolutely unbelievable this week, mm-hmm. and it, it just felt like every single time he came up to the plate, like Austin Riley was going to get hit a home run, and that feels like a very um, not baseball-savvy thing that somebody would say. Like, it looks like every time he comes up, he's going to hit a homer. Well, this week, he pretty yeah, much did. He did. Every time he came up, it felt like he was hitting a homer. What a week. 16 RBIs on the week. Remarkable. <sighs> That's great. Alex. Yes. Who is your player of the week? My player of the week is Freddie Freeman. He's not only having an incredible week, he is having an insane season, batting 500 on the week, three home runs, seven RBI. But he becomes the first player in MLB history to record 20-plus home runs, 35-plus doubles, 125-plus hits, 10-plus stolen bases, and 40-plus walks before August. And he did all that this week? No. Oh. On the season. Oh. I'm just telling you, not only this week, but I, he became the first player in Major League Baseball history okay. after this week to reach that milestone. There you go. Wrapping it into I the week, the button. Love Freddie. Dodgers are, they're on, they're on their, like, they're on the rise right now. We know they've had a roller coaster season, and when they're doing well, it's usually because Freddie is also leading the charge. Absolutely. I really like this pick. Almost half of the home runs that Austin Riley had and almost half the RBIs. Oh, are you trying to say well. that your pick was better? Oh, oh, yes, that's what we're that's doing. absolutely nope. what I'm saying. No. Nope. But, yes, Freddie, great week on <laughs> Team of the Week. You know, Alex, you have a uh, what? You have a tell oh. when it's going to be something Dodgers related. I know. I didn't I even do. know who your player was, but yeah. you always have a look that you make when it's a Dodger. You Excited? get like this. This, like, mm. smile. So I knew it was going to be a Dodger. Oh, and you it did? All, it all came together. Okay. Great week for Freddie. Yeah. Almost as good as Austin. Different. <laughs> Just a little different. All right, let's get to the power rankings. Yes. Power rankings. New and improved and a lot of movement so this week. So much movement this week. On this starting top 10 power rankings. With number 10, not ranked, previous, the Twins. Yes. The Twins were not ranked last week. They are now back in the division lead in the American League Central. Not a great division. Yeah. But the best of the best in that division is the Twins, and they have been playing really good baseball of late. The Twins are here at number 10. Now, number nine might be the most shocking, considering where they've been all season. Down six spots, the Rays. Yeah, I I really, I really... Did a lot of thinking here, and I had to really bump down the race. Not because their record isn't better than a lot of the people around them, but because the Rays started the season 30-9 and and since then have played under 500 baseball. So that's over 60 games playing under 500, and power rankings are the here and the now. Yep. You know, like, yes, they have a really good record still because of that, but they're not playing better than these other teams in front of them. They're just no. not. And they had to get bumped down a good bit in these power rankings. They're here at number nine. And it's just crazy. They held on to that number one spot for a majority of the season. Yeah. All right. Number eight, also not ranked last week, the Reds. I love this Reds team. I know you not do. ranked last week because they hit their first rough patch in, I don't know, over since, a month. Well, since Ellie came up. Yeah. First yeah, rough since, patch, definitely since, since Ellie, Ellie came Cruz up. came up. And now. Back on a winning streak, yep. five in a row, uh, back in a wild card spot currently. If the season were to end right now, they got Ellie doing his thing, leadoff mm-hmm. homer on Sunday. They called up Christian Encarnacion Strand. 
I love this Reds team. Yeah. And they're playing good now. I just, I wish Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo were both healthy and happy, happy and healthy and in the rotation together with Abbott. It'd be a blast. But hopefully they're on the way back and this team can make a playoff push. Moving to number seven, down one spot, the Blue Jays. Yeah, the Blue Jays are the Blue Jays are still doing the Blue Jays thing. You know, yep. they're a really good team. They go through these roller coasters. Yep. Their whole season has been an absolute roller coaster. Are they good? Are they bad? What are they? What happened to Alec Manoa? All valid questions. Ooh, yeah. Alec Manoa pitched on Sunday and honestly threw pretty well, I thought. So uh, they're good. Yep. Didn't really move the needle much one way or another. I know they're down one spot, but it's uh, because of the top six. So okay, that. that's fair. Yeah. Number six, up three spots, the Brewers. The Brew Crew, they're rolling. They're really hot of late. Went on a long win streak on the week. Called up their, uh, called up a rookie who comes up and makes his debut, gets a bunch of hits and RBI, steals some bases, makes two Crazy catches in the outfield, Sal Freelich. The guy's a stud, and I think he is a perfect piece for this Brewers team that they said over the weekend, because I've had this conversation with the Brewers a million times, what are they going to do at the deadline? You need offense. Can you go get offense? What are you going to do? Last year, they traded away their closer, which didn't make any sense. And this year, they came out and said, we're not going to go crazy. We're not going to do anything reckless but we do have some rookies that we can that we feel can come up and contribute to this team. I mean, you can't argue with him right no. now. He did that in his debut, and he's done that in every game he's been a big leaguer so far. Uh, Brewers are playing good baseball. They are at number six and leading the NL Central. All right, let's move to your top five, up two spots, the Astros. Yeah, the Astros are just in a position right now where... <laughs> Watching Alex try and figure out where to I stand. Don't wanna, I don't want to walk It's over here, so I'm like, there you go. Uh, you can see the Astros. Uh, they're starting. They're they're getting healthy at the right time. Jordan is about to come back, I believe, any day. It could, be, it could be Tuesday. Who knows? But he's he's ready to come back. Jordan, Altuve, the team's playing well. Uh, okay series against the Oakland A's. They end up winning the series, but in my opinion, you should sweep the Oakland A's. It, but he, Crush. But okay. at the end of the day, win the games. They did that. Mm -hmm. Had a good week. Uh, they are they're they're the team to beat in the American League until somebody claims that position. And with the Astros playing well, they're in my mm -hmm. top five. Well, number four might be that team. The Rangers holding strong at number four. Number four could be that team. They'll need to prove it in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I don't think. I don't think even if they win the division, that proves it. I need to see them in that head-to-head -head series for a long time okay. prove something, which could okay. be, man, what a series that would be. Oh, yeah. But the Rangers have been in the top five of my power rankings for the majority of the year at this point. They yeah. lead baseball and run differential. Their offense has, has dominated all, all year long. They are where they are because of their offense, and they still have the ability to pitch really well with John Gray and Nathan Eovaldi. Rangers are a more full team now. They still have some pitching issues. I think I saw, uh, I think I did the math correctly. I think they gave up like 400 runs in the weekend series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Something pretty <laughs> close to there. So still have some work to do on the pitching side of things. Perhaps they address it at the trade deadline. But uh, they are a very good team. Which leads us to number three, the Dodgers up two spots. They're just that raking yeah. currently. I mean, absolutely raking. We 
I had Freddie on team of the week. Freddie was your player of the week. He's yep. a big part of it, but it's honestly been the whole offense. Max Muncy tore it up with a bunch of homers in Texas this week. Is weekend. he back now? Is Max Muncy Is, back? I think so. He started hot. Maybe. Okay, okay. We'll see. I like players to do that. I don't like Same. I, I like when players are playing to their capability. And when Max Muncy is hitting homers into McCovey Cove in San Francisco and telling Madison Bumgarner to go get the ball out of the cove, <laughs> that's when he's at his best. And yes. that's what I like to see. And the Dodgers, they're at their best right now. They are a team that will mash and a team that will also give up a lot of runs, which is exactly what that series was down in Texas. They gave up a ton of runs and they scored a ton of runs, but they're playing really good. They're at number three. At number two. The Orioles. I, I love this team. Yeah. We're to the point where this is no longer, this isn't, this isn't a fluke. They are one of the best teams in the game of baseball. They are that good. They've been dominant all year long. They stayed close enough to the Rays all year long mm -hmm. so that when they naturally and obviously came back to earth at some point, they were within striking distance. And now guess what? They're in first place in the AL East. They beat the Rays in that series over the weekend. They allowed me to win our tale of the tape oh, where I took the I Orioles. Know, know. And they are my second team in this week's top 10 power. And eventually you'll get there and watch them live in the birdbath. <sighs> I know. All right. Moving on to number one, holding strong, the Braves. Yeah. The Atlanta Braves, best team in baseball, best offense. One through nine is unbelievable. They're not even fully healthy on the mound, but pitching-wise, when they, they're the most complete team in the game of baseball right now. And if they can go out at the trade deadline and add a, a reliever uh -huh. or two, whatever they want to do, just add a reliever. God, this team is so good. But they just destroy baseballs. They're such a difficult team to beat over the course of a three-game series. When I look at baseball right now, the Atlanta Braves, to me, are clearly mm -hmm. the best team in the game of baseball. Can't argue that. That's what we got. Top 10. Twins, Rays, Reds, Blue Jays, Brewers, Astros, Rangers, Dodgers, Orioles, and the Braves. The big move. Hmm? The big move, the Rays. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That was the most shocking. Yeah, Who spent the majority of the season at number one. Yep. Out of the top five. Yep. Uh, good Monday episode. Great we got Monday. a big week. As Alex mentioned, we are just about a week Woo! away from the trade deadline. Tomorrow is the one week mark till the trade deadline. Uh, we got a couple good episodes coming at you yep. tomorrow. Tuesday, the episode that drops overnight at, what, 4 a.m. Eastern, 1 a.m. Pacific. And then this week in Otani News, that episode will come out later in the day. But this one was a blast. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast. We're all also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Threads, and YouTube. You can watch everything at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Is Twitter still called Twitter? We don't know yet. We might be having to change you, that soon as well. And are you going to be okay with the name change? That'll we'll be a conversation tomorrow. for tomorrow. Is, whoop. <laughs> all right, thank you all for listening. Until tomorrow, my friends, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats.